Welcome to the business of being well. If you're a hands-on practitioner who wants to grow a profitable business without working your life away, you're in the right place. So sit back, take a deep breath, and enjoy the show. Welcome, everyone. I am here uh, live today on my Facebook page with another guest. This is two in a row, which is unusual for me, but it is what it is. Like This is just how it worked out today. And our guest right now is Allison Hardy. Allison is the creator of the Lead Generation Lab, which I've been a member of for a long time. Like since you started it, I don't know when that was, three years ago, you can tell us. <laughs> uh, it was at least two years. This is really bad. I don't know actually when we started it. I believe it was two years ago, but yeah, you're like a founding member. You're like an original crew who came in. Yeah. Yeah. So share more about yourself, who you are and what you do. And we'll kind of dive into lead generation from there. Yeah. I'd love to. First off, thank you so much for having me on your podcast. It's a pleasure to be here. Um, I'm Allison Hardy. I live in Arlington, Virginia, which is right outside of Washington, DC. Um, I have two kids. I have Camden who is almost eight. I have Nora who is three and a wild lady. She's definitely giving us a run for our money, which is wonderful and great and challenging all at the same time. Um, my husband is a pastor. He is a United Methodist pastor and we, he works right across the street in the church. Um, I started my business when I got laid off at six months pregnant with Camden, who is the eight-year-old. I was teaching college-level art. I had the job. I thought that's what I was going to do for the rest of my life. And then in one minute, I had it. And then the next minute, I didn't. And I was like, holy guacamole, what am I going to do with my life? Um, I realized that a lot of my identity was wrapped up in that job and like being the college art professor. And I was really proud of that. And so when I was gone, I kind of went into this big identity crisis. Um, we didn't have the finances for me to not work. The goal was for us to, for me to work up until the day I had Camden and then for me to take five weeks off and then go back to work because we just didn't have the funds. And so getting laid off at three months pregnant was a big, a big problem for us. So I had a super side hustle as a personal training business. I was like, all right, I think it's time for me to go all in on this guy because it's not like, college level teaching art jobs are common. Um, So I went all in. I replaced my nine to five income in the three months before Camden was born, which sounds great. um, But as fast as it went up, it all came crashing down. When I had him, I had postpartum depression. I was working like a crazy person Um, and couple all of that with a baby who doesn't sleep and it just doesn't work. So I got, I kind of had like a, a come to Jesus moment. One of my friends and I were sitting at coffee and she was like, I don't know like what's going on, but like, you need to make a change. Like clearly this isn't working for you. She's like, I'm pretty sure you haven't taken a shower in a couple of days. When was the last time you worked out? Like, have you done anything besides work? And I was like, no, she's like, this doesn't work for you. You need to make a change. She's like, just do the business thing. That's the thing that you like. And I was Mm -hmm. like, well, yeah, I like business. She's like, no, like you love business. You like personal training, but you love business. And I was like, oh, so started doing that. I was like, let's see what happens. And after putting out an email to my list, uh, like three months later, I was fully booked with one-on-one clients. And I was like, that was the easiest, it was the easiest thing ever. So I got super invested in business and my jam is systems, it's automation. 
it's lead generation and it's selling on autopilot so that you can actually live your life. And so that whole story I just told you is a big motivator for that. <laughs> well, yes. And all of that is like why you're here right now having this conversation with me, because there's so many people that listen to this podcast that can relate to every single step of that. And especially interesting to hear you say like your jam is lead generation because most people that listen to this podcast are going to say what's lead generation. Mm, yeah. <laughs> so let's just start there. <laughs> Lead generation is finding people who are like, yes, I am interested in solving the pain point that you solve in whatever way that you solve it. They don't really care how they solve it. They just know they're in pain. Like, I don't like to think about it like this, but they have a problem they want to solve. And they're like, hmm, I think this person can help me solve that problem. Well, that's the simplest explanation of it that I've probably ever heard anyone give. And I often find myself stumbling to like really explain it to people explain it clearly to people that are totally unsure about what lead generation is. Okay. Mm -hmm. So that's awesome. Then there's the others, the other group of people who hear lead generation and they're like sales. Oh my gosh. And they just want to turn this podcast off. So what do you get that? I want to say you got into business to sell things to people. Like none of us are like, "Mm, I want to work 40 hour weeks and not make any money. Like that's not how we, that's not the point of our business. Um, so if you're feeling sleazy or slimy around the idea of selling, number one, I think you got to like work on that mindset. I think there's something else going there, but number two, what are the tactical ways that you can change the way you sell to make it feel better for you? And I know for me and like what we do inside of lead generation lab, email funnels feel good. They feel in alignment because you can show up in a different way than doing like a live launch or the DMs or the cold calling, like all that feels exhausting. So having the systems in place to do that for you can be a really great alternative. I love that. Yeah. Because some of the things that you listed do feel salesy to me and I even use them sometimes, you know, depending on what's going on in my business. Um, Cause I'm just that kind of person, I guess. Like I, I will do things that are uncomfortable. Um, mm-hmm. I, if I feel like there's a mission, you know, behind, behind the thing that I'm doing that is uncomfortable. So if I'm sending direct messages to people on Facebook, for example, to invite them to a training that I have coming up. It's kind of like cold calling them. Um, but I'm willing to do it because I feel like I'm on a mission to get the work that I'm doing out to more people. Okay. Interesting. Right. Because like, yeah, if, if you don't know what lead generation is, or if you think you know what it is and it sounds, the words that are coming to my mind are like disgusting <laughs> or gross, yeah. salesy, mm-hmm. then, um, we really got to take a look at that first. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're in business to make money. You're in business to help people. The way that you can help people by is by enrolling them in your program, your offer, whatever it is that you do. So you owe it to your audience to sell to them. And they're, you know, they're big girls and boys. They can make the decisions for themselves, but they're not going to make that decision unless the offer is presented. So I kind of view it as like, you owe it to your people to tell them how you can help them. And it's there, it's on them at that point. Like you can, they can choose to do it or not. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk more about some of the, like the common mistakes that you see people make when it comes to lead generation. Like I have a thought that's already coming in my mouth, but I'm going to censor. I'm going to just shut it down. I'm going to let you talk because I want to see what you say. Yeah. So I think that a lot of people (laughs) have this 
story they've told themselves about paid traffic. That paid traffic isn't real people. Like they're not actual people that are uh, like in into your programs. They're not quality. Um, and I th- I think again if you're if you have that dialogue in your head, I'm always a fan of asking why. Why do I feel this way? Why is this something that I'm writing a story around? So you know I think paid traffic is an amazing way to get fast results when done in the right way, obviously. Um, but I also think like lead generation also can be a really simple, high impact quality Instagram post or showing up consistently on Instagram or creating reels or having a Facebook group that's free that people can come into for a specific mission. You know, lead generation doesn't have to be this really complicated thing. I think of lead generation when it comes to like the tactical elements of like, what are the platforms that I show up? Do I show up on Facebook? Do I have an ad in the yellow pages? Do I have an Instagram account I post to fairly regularly. And what is that doing for me and for my business? Mm -hmm. Am I getting results from these things? So it's important to know like the sorts of things that you're doing and why you're doing them. And then are they actually working? And then I think as much as we lean on that organic traffic and that presence, that online presence that we have, if we really want to like fast track it, let's say that we're doing an event like you're doing and you have some cash to spend, like spend it on some paid traffic. Uh, that can be Facebook ads, Instagram ads, Google ads. It can be any sort of paid thing um, that will just allow you to reach people that you probably never would have been able to reach organically. So it can be, you know, both things. You can have organic and you can have paid. I know people that have 100% organic. I know people that have 100% paid and that works for them. It's just a matter of landing on the platforms, how you want to show up and how you want to, how quickly you want to see results. Yeah. Okay. So you went a different direction than what I would have said when okay. I asked you the question. Can I share with you what came to my mind? Cause I think you'll have a lot to say about this. Yeah. Let's hear it. My, I'll give you some backstory about where this came from first. So in 2019, um, I literally like woke up one morning and I was like, Oh, like, okay, hold on. I'm listening. I had all these downloads about like this, sort of new direction that I was going to go with my business. <clears throat> uh-huh. And I, I knew that people struggled with marketing their practices. So I wanted to be able to help with that because I, I, I don't want to say I've never struggled with marketing, but I'm just not afraid to do it. Like I've, I've always known that that's a really key part. It has to happen. Um, so anyway, I, I felt like I can help people with this. I woke up, had this like, download about starting a Facebook group that was specifically for marketing for chiropractors. And all of a sudden, hundreds of people start coming into this Facebook group. And I was like, I must be on the right track. So in the process of people joining the group, they had to fill out the screening questions. And one of them that I asked was, what's your biggest struggle in marketing? And 90 plus, maybe like 95% of people, and there were over 900 of them, all said the same thing. It was consistency. And I was mm-hmm. like, what? Like, well, wait a minute. If, if you're not consistent in marketing, it doesn't work. <laughs> um, and I would have never, ever, 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 ever guessed that that would have been like the landslide, hands down, everyone said the same thing answer, right? With like the exception yeah. of 5% of people. And so I thought, well, okay, that tells me a whole lot that market research um, was really helpful because then I made a course that was like specific to that problem with marketing. 
So, I mean, lead generation is a part of marketing, right? And when I thought like, what are people doing wrong? Or like, what are the mistakes that they make when it comes to lead generation? It's like, they're not doing anything at all. They're not doing anything consistently, especially. Yeah. So how do we fix that problem? How do we fix that problem? I think with the online space, we kind of don't have an excuse not to be consistent because there's tools that we have, right? There's schedulers we can use. There is different settings we can set up for things to go live at certain times. And I think a lot of times when people get into, like what I see a lot is if we're inconsistent generally, and I'm generalizing here, we have big ups and downs in our businesses. So like intake a bunch of people and then it'll go down because we're working with those people and we're not consistent. And then then we're like, oh my gosh, we need more clients. So big surge. And then you come in those like feast or famine months, right? So consistency allows you kind of get out of that. And that's why like, I like email funnels, for example, because essentially if you're getting like, let's think there's like one person inside of your funnel every single day, you're launching to one person every single day. So you have more of like a slow drip or it doesn't have to be slow. It can be a fast drip of people enrolling or becoming leads, getting nourished through that funnel and then eventually enrolling in that program. So I think when it comes to consistency, we have to get over the idea that like I'm not consistent or uh, I'm not able to be consistent. I only post when I'm inspired. I only market when I'm inspired. There's too many resources now to do that, to, to have that be the way that, that it is. It used to be, you know, a couple of years ago, there weren't as many tools. There weren't as many resources. And if you didn't show up live to be consistent, it wasn't consistent. Now, we have tools to help us with that. So I think that while we can be inspired and create a lot of content, batch that content, like spread it out over some time, use that marketing uh, to withstand you for a month or a week or whatever you're looking to plan for. Does that answer your question at all? Yeah, it does. And yeah. you just described me <laughs> because when you're talking about like creating content when you're inspired and then not creating content when you're not inspired, that's me. I will get yeah. this like really inspired state and I'll be totally honest with you. It largely correlates with my menstrual cycle. Like the first oh yeah, two weeks of it, I'm like, I get all kinds of ideas and mm-hmm. I feel camera ready and like, I want to put myself out there. And then roughly the last 10 days, I'm like, Nah, I got nothing, nothing. Yep. I have nothing to say. <laughs> right. But you have all of that from when you were feeling inspired to withstand you and get you through that time. So you're not ghosting your audience. You're still showing up. It's just, you wrote the content maybe two weeks ago and that's fine. That's wonderful. And it's a tool. It's a way of working that can serve us, especially as women. Yeah. I think it's really come down to for people that are used to, like I was and still am to some degree used to like getting the inspiration, creating the content, like, like typing it into Instagram, literally as it's coming to your brain and then posting it. It's like, you have to create another system to put that, that content in like a Google doc, for example, and then you've got it ready to go when it is time to actually post it. Absolutely. 100%. Right. But like, we just don't think, and these platforms are designed to like want us to be there and be present with them at every moment of our lives. So it's natural ish for that to happen. And for us to not think about like, how can I, how can I think ahead a little bit so that I don't have to have those lulls or 
be on the roller coaster ride, really. Right, right. And so leveraging that time is, I think, very important. Okay, for someone that has no lead generation system at all, what would be like the first thing that they would want to do or need to do to like start building that now? Yeah, so I'm a big fan of email marketing, as I've spoken about. I think email marketing is not, I think, I know it has the biggest ROI for us, um, just looking at stats and like numbers and things like that. Um, so as far as my, when I consider a lead, I consider it someone who's on my email list. Because like Instagram, you don't own it. Facebook, you don't own it. You don't control like who sees it when. Um, I believe on Instagram, it's like one to 2% of your followers actually see like your feed posts. And if we're looking at like email, 20% is considered good of an open rate. Mm -hmm. So like comparing those numbers, like email seems like a good ROI for me. Um, So lead is getting people onto your email list. So having a lead magnet, a free resource for your people to download um, as a result of giving you their name and their email address. So you can get them on your email list. You can send them through an automated funnel that does the work for you. Um, So getting started means you need to have that. You need to have that at least entryway onto your email list. Um, so that when you do show up and someone's like, oh my gosh, I loved that post you made or that IGTV you created was so helpful. Oh, she mentioned this amazing free resource she has. Let me go find it. They have something to do. They have somewhere they can go and they can get a quick win from you through that lead magnet. So like, I think the simplest way to start generating leads is for you to talk about the free resource you've created on whatever platform it is that where you hang out easy enough. Yep. Yeah. I'm with you. I mean, you're the expert here, but I'm, I'm with you. <laughs> the, yeah. The course I mentioned that I had previously offered, it's not currently available. That's exactly what I taught people how to do was to like create a lead magnet and then create an email series that goes to the people that get that lead magnet and how to um, share the lead magnet on social media so that you're building an email list because most of most of the people in my community don't have an email list. Mm, you need an email list. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Yeah. For all the reasons that you, that you've already shared plus them. Right. Like, yeah. 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 I mean, how often, like now I know social media has changed a bit in that buying like all, directly off of like an ad or a Instagram post is more normal, right. It's changing a little bit, but really how often are you like going to buy off of, Instagram or Facebook or wherever you're hanging out, probably not a whole heck of a lot. I would argue we buy off of email a whole lot more than we do social. Yeah, for sure. I think that's still really true. You know, I, I've noticed myself buying off of like Instagram ads more frequently. And I, I was like, Whoa, I'm not going to be my grandma (laughs) because my grandma used to shop on the home shopping network, like 24, yes. like literally QBC. 24/7. and she would buy so much stuff. And I mean, there's a whole lot that I could say that's a very nuanced conversation, but I just had this moment where I was like, Danielle, do not let yourself be your grandma in that way. So this is like, bring it in with the Instagram ads, girl. <laughs> Yeah. And I mean, I have, so I have a slow funnel. So I have a ad that offers up like a really low priced, high quality document resource. Um, but like, honestly, the, the uptake on that is a lot slower than my free resource. So I think it's just an interesting play or 
not play observation on like the quality of person you're getting on your list, free versus paid, uh, free resource versus paid resource, you know, like what is that for you? Um, so I'm not saying like, that's a bad idea, but it's a harder sell, like free thing or paid thing, which one's going to work better for you. So I think also it's a matter of like figuring that out for you and for your specific business also. Yeah. Well, you just hit an important, important, really, really important note, which is that what works for one business may not work for another business. And like you could, you could compare with you know, a whole bunch of chiropractors, for example, or like you could go talk to all your massage therapist friends or your acupuncturist friends. And they might all tell you like they're doing X, Y, Z to get new leads through social and online. And then you do it and find like, it doesn't really work that well. And so it's just a matter of like really looking at the statistics and figuring out how to make it better and just embracing like it's going to be a test to figure out like what works for who you are and for the people that you want to attract. Not just any people, but like the right people, especially. The right people. Yes, absolutely. Okay. So um, if there's someone that's listening to this um, and they're like, well, oh, this is such <laughs> this is such a great question. Okay. Well, I understand why I wonder how, why I should have an email list and like what lead generation is and why it's, why it's important, but I'm so busy already. Mm-hmm. So busy. So, um, they did like, they're like, I don't have time for this stuff. What would you say? What do we say? What do we say? Uh, so number one, I think that busy is a choice. <laughs> and if you're telling yourself the story that you're busy, if you legit are busy, it's time to offboard something onto someone else or get rid of it. Or if you're just busy and that's your excuse. Yeah. I think you need to dive more into that. But you know, every so let's say you, you're like, I don't have an email list. I don't know how to set this stuff up. There are resources out there. Google will be your best friend. Get on a simple email CRM that allows you to email your people. Maybe it has some landing pages built into it so that you don't have to build out that form to get people to download your lead magnet. Choose a software that works for you right where you are now, because you can always upgrade. That can happen. Um, And there's tons of help. There's tons of help. I use ConvertKit personally, and they have video upon video upon video to help you. Um, So pick something that works for you, that makes sense, is a price point you're comfortable with. And then you can always add on more. You can always upgrade. You can always move to another piece of software when you outgrow that current piece of software. Um, and become a student, like allow yourself the space and the time to learn, allow yourself the space and the time to mess up because it's going to happen and allow yourself the space and the time to give yourself that grace. So when you do forget to hook up the automation or you forget to hook the funnels together, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. It's not going to be perfect on the first time. Or if that's just not a case for you, just offboard it onto someone else, hire someone else out to do it for you. There's an interesting phenomenon that happens for people who work with their hands in healthcare. They are obsessed with learning and they will go learn and take all of the continuing education clinical courses and learn how to become better practitioners. And it's wonderful, right? But I see that happening. And sometimes I'm like, um, that's avoiding the work of growing a business. Yeah, people don't like to hear that because um, uh, because it's true. But mm-hmm. like, if you if you focus 
all in on the delivery. We've been told for a long time, by the way, that if you just go help people and you do a good job for them, that your business will grow. And I think that's actually a very harmful um, philosophy to pass down to people because that may not happen. And it, and I see a lot of amazing doctors who have wonderful clinical skills who struggle to grow a business because they, they keep thinking like, I just help people and I do a really good job that I'm going to be successful, right? And I'm like, mm, what if we took some of that time that you spend and money that you invest in learning the clinical stuff and give some of that to learning how to grow a business? Like what would be possible then? And yeah, it can help more people. Right, exactly. And there's so much value like in learning how to help people by actually helping people, right? Yeah. And not yeah. feeling like you have to take all of the classes and spend tens of thousands of dollars on continuing education to become better practitioners when we don't even know if there's going to be people to help. Right, right. When I was a personal trainer, I actually started training people before I was certified because I had like an extensive fitness background and like I, people knew it. I'm not saying like be a doctor without a certification. It's not what I'm saying. <laughs> what I'm saying is, like, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> but I felt comfortable, you know, running like a very healthy 35 year old woman through like a strength training class. Like I could do that. And I was very upfront. Like I don't have a certification, but this is my background. Mm-hmm. And then once I validated my business, I then got the certification. So I spent time actually growing the business so yeah. that I had that experience so that I knew Hey, this is valid. Like I actually really do like this before I went and did like a hundred hour personal training certification with nutrition and postpartum specialization and all that. Like before I did all that, I made sure that I actually liked it. So take that same idea and apply it to what you're doing right now. Like you're an expert right now where you are. And yes, there's always a fancy new thing certification you can learn about, but at the end of the day, that's not worth it if you don't have a business. And so you need to have those things in place to have a business to allow you the space and the time to get those other awesome certifications that allow you to help more people. These are the things that we just learned through the years of being a business owner and like learning the hard way oftentimes. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. Yep. It's hard. It's hard when you, um, you know, you just want to help people. Like I get it. Like we just want to help people, but at the same time, as much as we want to help people, we have to actually be able to help ourselves in our business. So it may be like, I wait on that certification or I, I, I put that off for another year or whatever, so that I can get this thing up and going because this is really going to allow me to do the thing that I want to do. Yes. Awesome. Allison, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with the business of being well podcast community today. I think that, um, this is a conversation that, for some people, they're not going to want to listen to, or they're going to be like, okay, I'll listen because I know she'll ask me if I listen to it. <laughs> and, um, and they're going to feel some resistance to what they hear. And I just want to, I just want to leave you with this note, this thought that if you do feel resistance, like if there's something that you heard today, that's like, Ugh, that's a really good indicator that there's massive growth available for you when you lean into that place that you feel that resistance. So just keep that in mind. You have free will, free choice to do whatever you want to, or not do anything you don't want to in your business. But when you're willing to go to those uncomfortable places, that's when the magic happens. Absolutely. Okay. 
So if people that are listening to this episode want to learn more about you and what you do, where is the best place for them to find you? Yeah. Hang out with me on Instagram. I love the gram. You can find me at Allison underscore Hardy underscore. Couldn't get the whole name without the underscores. Uh, and then my podcast is the Six Figure Mompreneur Podcast. I'd love to have you listen. Perfect. And you, I can tell that you do love Instagram because like the it. content is so good. And I can always tell like you're having fun when you create your reels. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I kind of got to the point, you know, uh, 2020 was hard enough. And I was like, just have some freaking fun creating like a silly reel, like get your kid involved, like do a funny sound, like, do something, just have some fun. I love reels. I think they're super fun. Yeah. Awesome. Well, you do a great job. Thank you. Okay. Do you want to make more money without squeezing more patients or clients onto your schedule? If that's you, be sure to take my free class. In it, you'll learn how to bring leveraged income into your practice so you can work less, live more, and help more people than ever before. You can get signed up by going to drdanielleaton.com and click free.